Scanning. Identity authorized. Welcome to the Secret Superhero Club Podcast Network. We've really got to work on your solo gliding there, buddy. Toothless. You're pouting, big baby boo. Well, try this on. Oh, you feeling it yet? Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't hurt a one-legged. <laughs> this is Burke. Life here is amazing. Dragons used to be a bit of a problem, but now they've all moved in. Did I tell you that you look amazing today? Because you do. <laughs> and with Vikings on the backs of dragons, the world just got a whole lot bigger. Dragons. Let me show you some of what you don't know. Should I know you? No. You were only a babe. But a mother never forgets. Unbelievable. You've been rescuing them. Something is coming. Something you've never faced before. The dragons are mine now. Protect our people. It's your destiny. What you're searching for, it's in here. Come on! This is very dangerous! Are you kidding me? and Vikings! Enemies again! Oh. You know that doesn't wash out. Welcome everybody to the Animation Station Podcast, episode 144. I'm Josh. I'm Hannah. And today we're joined by a very special guest, Hannah. How's it going, Hannah? Doing all right? I'm doing real well, Josh. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. We got Gavin. Former co-host, uh, he decided that he wanted to uh, take his talents to South Beach uh, and decided to, well, SoCal, and decided to leave us forever. And I believe the closest beach to me is Huntington Beach, so I took my talents to Huntington Beach. There you go. See? We'll, we'll just say it that way, yeah. Mm-hmm. He decided to he decided to move up, um, won a couple championships, and now he, he should come back. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Just pull a full LeBron and just come back. <laughs> just pull it. All right. Uh, maybe I'll do that. Do Do you have Kyrie Irving on your team? Like I got Hannah. Is there some talent? I got Hannah and there? Ashley. Oh, Hannah's good. I like Hannah. Go. She's okay. like Kevin Love. I'll, I'll think about coming back. There you go. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, uh, and this episode is uh, sponsored by Funimation Entertainment, and you'll hear a little bit about them a little bit later on the show. All yeah, right, I'm so on, Gevin, so welcome back. So how's the Hilt Radio doing? No, that's not your thing. That's some nope. other garbage podcast. Yep. So how's the Podcasters <laughs> going? All, all this shade is being thrown around wow. right now. I don't know how to Seriously. handle it. Seriously, I, I love I love you, Hilt. 
Uh, can't wait to see you next weekend. Uh, yeah, that's right. You got to see him first. <laughs> Podcateers is, is going great. This year we have decided to approach our podcast in a totally different way. So we are bringing actual, like a schedule of topics to you in the entire year of 2019. We're taking a tour of the Disneyland Resort, all of its lands and both parks and even downtown Disney. And we're giving you tons of history, tons of specific attraction history, and then tons of our own blue sky armchair Imagineering episodes where we just brainstorm awesome crazy ideas we have for the parks so it's really fun if you love disney and you love disney parks definitely tune in to us and give us a listen uh we just have a lot of fun so are you going to talk about that um one bench that's over by that one tree in the smokers area you know we probably are because that is a fantastic bench yeah that's so good that's where uh uh, Michael Eisner uh, dropped that the famous uh, the famous funnel cake. That was the funnel. Yes. Cake. You know the funnel cake incident. Yeah. I do not know the funnel cake incident. Joshua. Ga- Gavin will tell you. Like, listen to <laughs> listen to the show, and you'll hear about yeah. the Michael Eisner funnel cake incident. I think that's bench. coming up in a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Yeah, uh, uh, an infamous moment in Disney history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, no, we're going to be talking about real Disney history and, but you could, here's the thing though. You could make that up and we sold it so well that people will actually think that Michael Eisner dropped a funnel cake or in this case, threw it at a small toddler and that's the incident. I mean, honestly, I could actually picture Michael Eisner just (laughs) taking a couple bites of a funnel cake and then just chucking it on the ground and demanding one of assistants like throw it away for him because he just seems like that kind of a tyrant well no because he he wanted to make it to you know more hip and everything for the kids because he wanted to be cool so he probably would have taken it and be like this is just a regular funnel cake and so he threw it on the ground and was like yeah extreme just like that other aliens ride and everything (laughs) like that wow there you go. Your, See, your knowledge Disney of Disney history, history oh, is impeccable. Oh, do you know your Disney history? Yeah. Okay. They had that alien ride that scared kids. Yep. Yep. See? There you go. <laughs> I remember. It's an alien that breaks out of a cage thing. goes like that. Uh-huh. And it gets them. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah that's a thing. It's yep. a ride. It was a tours. ride. You should give tours at the park. I should. You're, you're phenomenal. Next, next time I go, I'll do an unlock tour, and I'll be like, and this is – where this is just a random street. I'm not like Disney built over this place called Main Street. It was an actual place that Disney purchased and just built over uh-huh. um, because <laughs> uh, the mouse is corrupt. So he was just like he's gonna he uprooted all these people and now Kicked they just out all the forever. business owners, brought in only Disney Store employees. Yep, there you go. <laughs> Genius. Uh, I love that it. that sister's place that does the uh, the ice cream. It's not real ice cream. Is that what it's called? Are they the Something Sisters? Are you thinking of the Gibson Girl ice That's cream it. parlor? Yeah, okay. Gibson Girls. They're all sisters. Um, oh, Disney actually it, stole it's... that from the Gibson Sisters, renamed it the Gibson Girls. Um, and that's not actually real ice cream. It's actually, are you ready for this one? It's actually the leftover foam from the It's a Small white Ride, you know, little water thing. They scoop up all that foam and put it into ice and you know, make ice cream out of it. You know, uh, that I don't know was where supposed there's foam to be at, like a, a small world, but that's Disney's secret, but you kind of just blew it 
Um, oh God, so Disney may be contacting them. you after this. <laughs> yeah. You, you hear a knock on the door. It's like, knock. It's like, ha ha. <laughs> oh, that was awful. That's not bad, a good, bad, that's not a good Mickey, good. Josh. I'm sorry. Bad, bad Mickey. <laughs> Amazing. All right. So, uh, anybody have any news? Hannah, you got any news? Well, there was the new casting news for the Fruits Basket redub and remake. Yay! Yay! Ka- uh, Caitlin Glass has been announced as director, and Laura. Has been recasted as Toru Honda. Yay! So, so very excited. Laura Bailey. Yeah, but friend I'm, of the show, not really, no, but you, you know, wish. maybe one day. <laughs> you wish, friend of the show. Um, but that's Do you have any enemies of the show, or is everybody friends of the show? Mm, enemies. I was of about the show? to throw out a name, Were but you about I won't. To say Todd Haverford? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Forget that guy. Screw that guy. <laughs> what a punk. Like I was about Hilarious. to say, uh, you might have one. He doesn't or, listen to this show. The arch nemesis who does not know he is the arch nemesis. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Intrigue. Well, it's one of those, you know, when you say that you're going to be on the call and then blow Josh off and then don't respond to any of the emails afterwards. Yeah. Arch enemy. <laughs> Wasted it. my time. Well, with a lot of stuff <laughs> that's been developing, that doesn't seem like too out of the box. Yeah, but this was a long time ago. But still. <laughs> yeah. He, d- he deserves to be in a box. All right, Gavin, you got anything? <laughs> uh, I have a couple items. Uh, the Pixar well, what studio. what I've got, Hannah, um, it's actually wow. Ghibli. Let the, ca- let, let the See, Gavin that's, talk. That's Josh, a, That's a throwback still. for all of the older uh-huh. listeners. Yep. They're like, oh, Josh used to interrupt Gavin. Yeah. <laughs> for those of you who have forgotten, because Josh never talks about Pixar anymore, Josh hates the Pixar animation studio because none of the movies are up to his... Uh, his level. Hold on, hold on. Right? I don't hate them. I just think that uh, nothing that they, they've only made one good movie, and the rest life? of them are trash. Yeah, Bugs Life. Okay, okay, that's so, no, a good one. Um, I, I like well, a couple of them, so I can't say that. Yeah, I, I disagree can't. with Josh in a lot of ways. I don't think they're perfect, no. but I think they have created a lot of amazing things. Anyway, one of the coolest things about Pixar Studios is that they present short animated features with all of their feature films and it's one of the reasons that Pixar Studios kind of put themselves on the map is with their short films and they have expanded their shorts program and announced a couple weeks ago that they're uh, they've got a new like wing of their shorts program called Spark Shorts and I have no idea if it's supposed to be related to like Spark Notes I don't know that it was kind of a weird name for me all right, so with Spark Shorts, what it is allowing young animators and directors to do is really learn the art of storytelling through animation and really just have a freedom of expression. And what's really cool about it, since they're not tying it to their feature films, they're really giving a lot more leeway than they ever have in the past. So the very first film that they released is a is a little film called Pearl. And... It makes jokes and references that you would never expect from Pixar. There's a joke about pricks. They say kick ass. There's a joke about getting naked at their apartment afterwards. Like it is awesome because 
they clearly just didn't handcuff the animators and gave them the freedom to tell the story that they wanted to tell. And it's not, you know, totally homogenized and glossed over with, you know, the kind of super G-rated Pixar bubble that we've always existed in. So it really is awesome. And see, that sounds like my type of um, my type of thing. Yeah. See, and now, now that you said Pearl, I'm like, oh, I have been hearing all about this, like all over so like, good. the internet. See, is it on the the YouTube? It's on yeah, YouTube. Yeah. Like I just I just searched yeah. it, and I've been meaning to watch it because it's, it's so like, good. Now yeah. I say all that. It's not a crass film at all. It's not body or you know irreverent really. It just uses a couple of those things to put the whole story in context. The context of the story is basically sexism in the workplace and yes. how females can sometimes feel like they have to either be more like a man to fit in or, you know, find ways to, you know, be included. And then ultimately how all of that shouldn't matter we should be inclusive and accept you know all kinds of people into our workplaces and really revel in that which is a totally positive awesome message and it's cool so anyway they released that one and they released a second one called smash and grab which is a sci-fi film about two robots one that smashes one that grabs real clever convenient yeah Uh, it's like bender (laughs) from uh uh Futurama. Futurama, thank you. I don't know why. It's like, it's, it's like the jump kick game that came out of, like that came out right. maybe like five years ago. Yes. And there's two buttons and one is jump, jump and, one and kick. Is, yes. And that's it. Exactly. Yeah, that's what it is. So anyway, I think that's totally exciting. I love that they're doing this. They're expanding their presence in the world of short films. They're not the first studio to do this. Studios like Ardman Animation started a YouTube channel a long time ago with lots of awesome short films that they add all the time. So it's an exa- a rare example where Pixar is following suit, but I applaud them for doing this. And speaking of short films, our good friends over at Tyco Studios have been nominated oh, that's right. for an Oscar. Yes. yes. For best an- over best short film, uh, a- animated short film. Yeah, yes. best animated uh, and short it's, film. It's going up against a bunch of really good short films. Like, But it's still really yeah, exciting. It's still really cool that they... That they can even now say that they were nominated for, exactly. an, for an Academy Award. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can check out our episode with them. Um, yeah. That's on our website and everything. And go watch the short. It's yeah. on YouTube. It's it, one small step. It's totally awesome. I can't think of anything else I watched last year that would beat it. Like, to um, me, it was yeah, my favorite. Yeah, Bow wasn't, like, to me, I, it was, was okay. way better than Bow. Yeah, it was okay. I liked it. But One Small Step was so, so good. I, I haven't watched that weekend one that everyone's raving about right now. That's the one mm. from uh, 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 a studio that did The Breadwinner and... Oh. Um, Oh, that wasn't Cartoon yeah. Saloon, was it? Lola, yeah, it's it's a Cartoon Saloon. Oh, I haven't seen so that one. So that's I think that's why everyone's raving about it, mm. I'm, and I'm just like, oh, Cartoon Saloon just killing yeah, it. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. Plus, there plus there are Viking schools coming out. Oh, that's yeah. right. We it were is. supposed to get with them and possibly have Thomas More and talk about Viking school. Oh my God, get on that. Oh yeah, I got like get, you. Don't I'll, I'll get have anything else on, on your plate. Oh yeah, you know nothing else. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. So wait, I, I got one more thing. Uh, did you guys see the Frozen Two trailer that came out? 
And I watched it yeah. muted. Yeah. <laughs> and and how ridiculous was that Frozen Two trailer? Uh, it, so okay, so it starts off and it looks really cool, but then like because like that beach looked nice, that mm-hmm. water looked really nice, mm-hmm. and then Elsa's just kind of sticking out, right? Like they like copy and pasted her somewhere, uh, and I'm like, oh. It it's weird mm-hmm. because it's basically my biggest problem with Frozen was the stiff, unarticulated, unexpression-making characters in that film. Like, I hate how just rigid those characters look to me. You know, compared to other Disney films, they just... Just, like, even Tangled. They look like terrible. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly, that's a great point. Yeah. And it looks like they haven't advanced that at all. They've just, like you said, cut and paste them into this new film where the environment's Finally, because the other criticism I had of Frozen is that the environments looked really kind of subpar for Disney. They took yeah. a step back. And this one looks like immaculate, super detailed, pristinely lit, amazing backgrounds with characters from eight years ago. Like, what? Exactly. What? Yeah, what it is looked this? Really, it looked bizarre. And I was just like, huh. Well, this yeah. has always been my argument, really. It's like, out of all of the films... To make a sequel for, they went with Frozen. They went not, with Frozen. Well, not Tangled. I have I have some ideas on that, and I'll and I'll say that in a second. But what this preview? It was cool. Sorry, it was cool that they put Merida in it real quick. <laughs> Just gonna, I saw I saw Anna running through with her long hair, and right? I was like, Merida? Right. I'm so confused. Uh, she's looking. She's she's on the she's on the hunt for tarts, tarts and bears. So it, it looks to me like it's a classic sequel scenario where they think, okay, the first film worked well. Let's just add more of that. So what we have is more confusing ice powers, which don't make sense. She can somehow and, freeze salt water. Yes. Which is interesting. And more caribou. That's what we get from this trailer. More yeah, ice much. powers, more caribou. Epic. Like, and how uh, is this Anna, a trailer? Anna, Anna killed the cameraman. Yeah. You can't forget she killed the she cameraman. She did. She's got She's, a sword yeah, now. Dead. Well, it's like I watched it with no sound, and I sat there and go, okay, I'm good. I don't need to watch it again. <laughs> it, it, it's it's one of those where it looks like, oh, this this is a feature-length movie. I thought they were going to ju- do just like one of those little like – uh, frozen Pixar, like, shorts. like like frozen Disney short thing. Right. You know, that's what kind of what it looks like. It's just with well, a really nice background. And that's it's like thing. I understand that this movie made like the first one made so much money. It yeah was such a pop culture hit that of course they're gonna try to like ride on the wave. But I yeah, think they waited maybe not. a little too long. Yeah, you're right. He's Gavin's absolutely right. They didn't ride on the wave. Yeah. She like walks across they're the water and to... like jumps through the wave. <laughs> no, no, no. What I'm saying is that they're trying to differentiate because the staying power of that movie was predicated on the stellar nature of that soundtrack. It was the music yeah. that made that film successful. Not the story oh, or the characters or the uh environments or anything it was it was off the wall on every level except the music was top notch right those songs were killer and then they did two short films after that Mm -hmm. that were all musicals so the whole franchise up to this point is a musical this trailer has little to no music in it whatsoever it's dark they're banking on epic they're trying to differentiate it and i think that 
that's a dumb move. Maybe they're trying to, like, make it more grown up. Well, what they may be trying to do, too, is, like, they're showing us this part right here. Because, again, this was just a teaser. Yeah. This was, So, like, they're going to give us a dark teaser and maybe a semi-dark first trailer. And then they're going to hit you with all of the music when the actual movie comes out. Because Disney has this problem with giving way too much away in trailers. Yeah. And they gave nothing away in this teaser, which was good. Right. But they're not going to stay that way. At that level. No. Well, no. But, I mean, I don't think they're going to sing or anything. Like, we're, was there's not a lot of... There's, like, no singing in any of the trailers for Frozen either, though. But... Yeah, there was. I mean, if you look at... In the trailers? I think I feel like there they was. did, like, clips of maybe two songs in the original trailers. For yeah, Frozen I don't remember now. It's been so many years. But I can't... Well, because, like, I, I know, I'm not like, sure like, about on, that. On, like, the DVD releases, yeah, because everybody's seen the movie. Yeah. But I don't know if, like... Because that's... That's kind of weird to actually sing in a trailer if you're not promoting, like, a full musical. Right. Well, a Disney animated movie basically equates musical. They typically do, yeah. They typically do. But, no, that's why I said not not all of them, but typically it does mean that it's going to be a musical. Yeah. But see, Hannah. Or have a song by Shakira. Or a a song by Shakira. Oh, God, please no. Please no. None of that again. That was... (laughs) That was the one bad mark for Zootopia was that song. That was it. That was the one bad mark. Uh, But Hannah brought up a good point about sequels. And I feel like this kind of segues into our main topic for today really nicely because I feel like other studios do such a better job with the idea of sequels and creating a franchise, creating a trilogy or, or even more. Disney is the worst when it comes to sequels. They do not know how to handle sequels. They never have understood this concept. They've never started from square one with the idea that they were going to write a story that crossed over multiple movies. They've only ever created a movie. And then when it's successful, after the fact, they decide, oh, let's make a sequel. And it basically means that none of their sequels feel completely joined and harmonious with the first movie, right? So like Mm -hmm. Toy Story. Those movies, absolutely, every single one of them they've created so far is completely standalone. You really don't need to have seen any other Toy Story movie to watch any Toy Story movie, right? I don't think. And I would say the same for Cars. I would say the same thing for... Um, Incredibles. I mean, it, it helped a little more maybe with Incredibles, but you didn't need to see that first movie to get Incredibles 2. You really didn't. No. Now, How to Train Your Dragon? Oh, my God. If you hadn't seen that first movie, like, it's so important, and it plays into it, and it, it plays out like an overarching story, right? And mm-hmm. I think there are other examples like Kung Fu Panda, which I love, that are the same. And Disney has never gotten on board with this concept of approaching it from the get-go with the idea of multiple movies in mind, you know? Yeah. It, it And that has been the problem. And we've had a decade now where we've been inundated with Disney and Pixar sequels, but none of it had pre-planning. So I have such a huge problem with so many of the sequels that they've created. And it's not necessary. If you want to create a, a trilogy... Like, do it from the beginning. Like, start out with the idea that you can make a trilogy out of something. And if it doesn't succeed in that first film, then move on to the next thing. But don't wait until you have a big hit and then try to shoehorn 
a sequel into it after the fact. That's what I don't and like. And then also maybe don't wait. How when did Frozen come out? Ten. It was ten. Yeah, I think it was 10? the same year that maybe um, maybe don't wait like nine years. Yeah. To pop. No, 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 out. no, 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 no. Yeah, thirteen. Two thousand thirteen was Frozen. Okay. Well, then even don't wait six years to pop that sequel. If you're gonna ride that wave, ride it then and there. Just be I like, mean, all right, this was really popular. I mean, maybe do it three years. I don't mind the six-year gap. I just mind that they didn't have the story for Frozen 2 already in mind or written when they released Frozen 1. It's It was yeah. a thought-of-after-the-fact kind of thing. That's where I have a well, problem. Well, I mean, look at, look at Star Wars. I don't think they had the second Star Wars written either. Star Wars is a unique example. You know, I mean, it's it's kind of a different phenomenon. It's not... It doesn't have... Uni- like Frozen doesn't have the universal appeal that Star Wars did. So yeah. you can't get away with as much, right? I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't think that you have to be very careful with sequels because like, look at the American Film Institute list of the hundred best movies of all time. How many sequels are on that list? It's like Godfather two and Empire Strikes Back. That's it. And American Tale Fievel goes west. No, you're wrong. Oh, it's really? Not. But it's yeah. it's fantastic, no. though. The other one is Land Before Time 4. I jest. It's not on there either. Land Before Time 4. Is that the one with Chopper? Oh, my God. Is that you where they meet the, Chopper again? You are asking the wrong girl if it, <laughs> who is in that movie. I think I watched one once, and then I was done. Right. Yeah. I, the, the point being, sequels just are not in the same ballpark typically speaking if they're not preconceived you know the 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 thing about a lot of the successful movies that turn into more than one movie they're based on like a book series like harry Mm -hmm. potter that's a is a good example you know they only made what some consider to be good movies after the first movie because they had a foundation to build on, right? They're not just inventing right. things after the fact, like Frozen 2. Uh, Come on, return of Jafar. <sighs> wow. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Lion you're, King 2 you, You're making pride. my point for me, guys. <laughs> anyway. No, it's like that, like, it's. It's always a problem. Like when they say, oh, we're making a sequel. I'm always like, ooh, yeah. why do we have to do that? Well, and to me, it just goes back to the fact that the reason that Disney put itself on the map and then subsequently the reason that Pixar put itself on the map is because every time out of the gun, they gave us something new and original and different right. and amazing. And now they've fallen into this plateau of sequel, 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 sequel. And now we're on to number three and number four of some of these animated franchises. And it's not warranted. It's just not. And I, the last great thing that Pixar did in my mind was, was Coco. And the last great thing that Disney did was Zootopia. And those are years ago now. Yeah, and it's like disappointing because it's like they're powerhouses, so right. we expect them to be coming out with like these great right. things all the time, and then it's like, oh, this one thing made us a lot of money, so let's just see if we can right. change it up just a little bit and just turn around and make more money off of it later. But 
lucky enough for us animation nerds, DreamWorks, Sony, yeah. Warner Brothers, Illumination, Ardman, Leica, all these studios are making fantastic freaking movies all mm-hmm. the time. Yes. Um, by the way, uh, Land Before Time 4 was Journey Through the Mists. Okay. Yeah, that's the one where they meet the other... Uh, uh, Brachy- Bra- a little brontosaurus. Oh, okay. Yeah. And while doing uh, a bit of, of digging, uh, I did find out something interesting. Uh, the actor who this nobody cares. Um, <laughs> the actor who uh, in in Disney's Newsies uh-huh. who played uh, Spot Cologne, uh, Co- Conlon, the dude from like uh, Yonkers, or was he? Is, is he the slingshot I've guy? Never seen the no, slingshot the, guy? no. The, he's he's the one with the with the Billy Club. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Irish one. Yeah, he yeah. He played Littlefoot in the first Land Before Time oh. movie. What? Yeah, nice. Gabriel Damon. Nice. Well, alrighty then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, anyway. I kind of put them in the same category: uh, Land Before Time and Ice Age. I kind of prefer the Ice Age movies, just to be honest. I kind of prefer time. I kind of prefer the Land Before Time yeah. ones. I'm in the gray area where I just don't care about either franchise. <laughs> <laughs> well. But nice. speaking of franchises that we do care about, let's Yay! talk about How to Train Your Dragon 2. Yes. The the second of the How to Train Your Dragon films. Mm-hmm. Whoop, whoop. Um, um <laughs> So now everybody's favorite part, we're gonna read uh, the synopsis from the back of the the back of the box. Read it. Get ready for more fire breathing action in the exciting sequel How to Train Your Dragon 2. Featuring an unforgettable new adventure. I love the tone of voice you're using. Thank here. you. When Hiccup and Toothless, just actually, I should do it like my my crappy Jay Barra shell. Yes, oh, please like, do it. Oh god, how does it go? Oh, <laughs> uh, when a Hiccup and Toothless discover. No, that's awful. that's pretty good. It's terrible. That's it turned. Good. It was. It was. It was better the last. It episode. It was better last episode. <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, yeah, kind of more like this a little bit. Yes! There we go. Uh, when Hiccup and Toothless discover a secret ice cave filled with hundreds of dragons and a mysterious <laughs> dragon rider, the two friends find themselves at the center of an epic battle to save the future of men and dragons. That's like Harold's ha- uh, uh, Hagome. Hagome! It's amazing. Uh, I love this movie. It's such a good too. movie. Yeah. Um, so uh, now, when did okay? So this is this will be a fun one because mm-hmm. mine mine's gonna be a little bit weird. Okay. So Hannah, when was the first time you saw this movie? First time I saw this movie. Mm-hmm. I think the day it came out. Good lord! Look at you. Yeah, because it came out and I was like, "More dragons!" Yes. And I was like in the theater that day. Yeah. yeah. Gabby. I definitely saw it opening weekend. I don't know if I saw it opening day, but definitely opening weekend. I was. Already a huge fan of the first film and could not wait for this second film to come out. Um, Side note, since you guys got to review the first film last episode, I'm going to throw in my ranking real quick. And I wonder what it could be. I solidly give How to Train Your Dragon five Jiminy Crickets. It's one of my favorite animated films of this century so far. I absolutely adore adore it the storytelling the animation at the time it has taken a couple hits uh, as it has aged but the animation at the time was amazing the action was stellar the character design was ridiculous i can still watch it over and over and over again i don't know if you guys are in the same sandbox as i am but if it's a movie that i like love the story and characters of 
I kind of don't mind if the animation has aged a little bit. Like Jurassic Park. Exactly, like yeah. Jurassic Park. It's like if it's aged a little bit, I still don't mind too much because it's like I love, I'm still so engaged in the characters and what is happening in the story. And so it's like I'll, I'll kind of ignore if it's aged a little bit in animation-wise because I still love it as its whole so much. I agree. It's the same with uh, Starship Troopers for me. Even though that movie has not aged at all, it's still perfect. Okay. J- seriously, you it's still perfect. drank the Heinlein Kool-Aid. How no. long yes. has it been since you've watched Starship December. Troopers? December. Oh, so you've re- watched it yes. only recently. I, know I watched it for my dork. birthday. Because I know when we <laughs> talked last about it, you were kind of scared to rewatch it because it had been a while. And you were scared it's been to live up to the memory. Mm-hmm. I think that was December. Okay. And then and I then watched, watched it for it? my birthday, and I was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Seriously, like, but watch it's, it. It's, it's still good. Because they, they did that same, because it came out almost the same, like, very close, like, maybe, like, two years after Jurassic Park. So they were still using a lot of the same type of special effects, special effects and everything, and they were using puppets for a lot of the shots. See, so, yeah. and that looks really good still because it's puppets and whenever they do any sort of like wide shot when you see a bunch of the uh the alien like the bugs it still looks really really good i was really surprised how good it was gonna look and then i saw it and i was like wow no it still looks really really good like i was very like it's it still looks better than some of the cg that uh unfortunately uh, my favorite comic book company it has uh, in Titans. So, <laughs> uh, but that's a, I think that's a difference between a movie mm-hmm. and a TV show, though. Yeah, because TV show is always going to have a different kind of budget. Mm-hmm. Fair. And uh, fun fact: uh, you can find the helmets and weapons and uh, chest armor for Starship Troopers in the Train Job episode of Firefly. Are you serious? <laughs> Yes, they're wearing the Starship Trooper getup. I did it's not amazing. realize that. That's amazing. Yeah, I saw it like the first time I watched it. Like I watched Firefly, I was like, "Wait a minute!" Wow, that's that's, that's a good episode. And I was like, too. "Oh, it, but it's Fox and Fox," so it's like, "Oh, that makes sense." Yeah, there you go. Same lot. There you go. <laughs> um, uh, for me though, it was a little bit more recent. Uh, November was the first time I watched How to Train Your. Are Dragon you serious? Too. What? Yeah. This movie wow. is like, what, five years old. Yeah. Joshua King. Yeah. And you liked I, uh, the first one. I did like the first one, but I don't know what. I, I should have suspected when he asked, what was the when was the first time you watched this movie? Yeah. I, yeah. I set yeah. it up. Naughty, naughty I boy. set it up. Um, well, because like I had heard that somebody died. Spoilers. I had heard that somebody <laughs> died, and I was like, uh, oh, I don't, I'm sad. Yeah. I don't want to wait. Because I, I liked the first one so much, and I liked all the oh, characters that I didn't I, want anybody I to die. I knew. That there was going to be death. And as I'm watching this movie, I'm like, I know who it's going to be. Well, you're not going to guess who it is in the third one. Well, that's fair. Don't spoil that because we haven't seen it yet, I don't think. That's next week. Right. Yeah! Uh, But I think that's one of the things that makes this such a compelling series is that there is risk of peril. Where so many other studios, you know, that we've already mentioned on this particular episode, wouldn't put anything in peril like that. And it ups the stakes and it makes you a little more invested. And I totally appreciate that. It's one of the reasons I truly, truly love this series because it just feels so real in its intensity. Right. 
it's a Viking world, and it feels like when you're watching these movies that it's not just like a bleached or rose-colored version of a Viking world. It's like Hiccup loses his foot in the first movie. Although I will say there's a shocking lack of blood because there are... There are many, many injuries and zero drops of blood. But that's typical. That's the typical American children animation. That's also right there. typical PG animation. That's, yeah. that's typical, fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, Unless it was the 80s. Or like, because remember in the 90s anime, blood was like, it, they what, they colored it gray, so it wasn't technically blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, you know, you make somebody a uh, uh, Vulcan, so that way you can have... Uh, green blood and you're just like that's how we get around the sensors or you do samurai jack and you make them all cyborgs and so it's all just like oil well it's like in gravity falls because like you know disney is still kind of afraid of blood so it's like when they had like a little bitty bit of uh blood on dipper's nose in gravity falls like the sensors were like Oh snap! There's blood. We can't do this. Oh my gosh! Half the kids the age watching Disney go out and like play M-rated games. Get over yourself. Yeah, but it's yeah. Disney though. They're a family-friendly company, unless you're a twin in Oregon. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, the cast for How to Train Your Dragon three, uh, two, uh, pretty much the same as How to Train Your Dragon one, but... except with the addition of one Kate Blanchett. Milady. Uh, so yeah, and we've the, got and uh, the we've villain got character, the, the villain. Yes. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we've got uh, Jay Barrichell as Hiccup, Kate Blanchett as Volca, Gerard Butler as Stoic, uh, Craig Ferguson as Gobber, America Ferreira as Astrid, Jonah Hill as Snotlout, uh, Christopher Mintz plays. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Plass. Plass as Fishlegs, T.J. Miller as Tupnut. Kristen Wiig as a roughnut. Uh, we have we also get introduced to Mr. Kit Harrington, Jon Snow himself as Eret, son of Eret. Oh, is that who that is? That is Eret, son of Eret. <laughs> and then nice. I'm going to butcher the name. I slaughter his name every time I try to. Uh, Jimon Hansu, Demon Demon. I think Hounds, you've done a much Hounsu? better job than I ever would have with that I've, name. I'm putting, these are big bad guys. I'm putting more like Korean in it, like Hansi. Um, <laughs> than like African. Yeah. Uh, as Drago, Blood Fist. He was fantastic. Oh Which gosh, is like the so most good. D&D character name. Like, it's like, who, who are you? Hell it's yes. like, oh, it's the villain. What's his name? You must go find and defeat Drago Blood Fist. Be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yep. It's like he's not a he's not like a mathematician. This Drago Bloodfist guy, he's a killer man, and he kills him. And he just wants to take over all the dragons, like you do. For what? And like that's that's a, that's a great point. Uh, when uh, Hiccup like confronts him, and he's like, "So what did you do all this for? Just for like ultimate power?" And he's just like, uh, "Yeah, yeah." It's like, so what are you gonna do? <laughs> I think I got dragons, so I yeah, whatever I want, really. Yep. Now I will say this has this uh, How to Train Your Dragon two does have like sequelitis, where it's not as good as the first one. For me, it's like way more predictable than the first one was. Um, and plot wise, they did some stuff that I strongly disagree with, but I still love the movie as a whole. And we'll get, uh, those are Hannah's first impressions. 
Um, <laughs> we'll get to uh, Volca's breast size a little bit later on in the episode. We talked about that in the other episode. So, um, so Gavin. <laughs> uh, so I mean, it's weird. Like we kind of we start off with this movie and it's like Quidditch with dragons and sheep. No, I dig it though. It's it's really kind of cool. Because what kid? Would not come up with a game like that when all of a sudden I have a dragon as a best friend. What am I gonna do now? We're gonna make a game. My <laughs> dragon's sheep. faster than your dragon. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I w- I will say, um, I I love the the interactions between you know the 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 characters like all the like the yes. guys trying to get roughnut. And oh, I'm just yeah. like, because they all know Astrid is like. They all is like, oh yeah, Astrid's with Hiccup. <laughs> we better stop. <laughs> and then Toughnut's just like, Ugh. just gross. Ew. Like it's my sister. It's like just gross. <laughs> like, I don't want to do it. This, this is all weird. <laughs> um, nah, it's and like, uh, so that's that's kind of where we start. So it's a little bit weird, and then we have this black sheep thing. That pops up and it's the golden snitch. Yeah. And I was like, okay, it's clever. Good job, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And Astrid wins because you know, obviously, Astrid. she's Astrid, who, let's just come out and say it, the best of the Vikings. Still. Just still. Yeah. Ever. She's still like the stereotypical like Viking of Vikings. Mm-hmm. Even though they're not killing the dragons now, mm-hmm. she's still like one of the best of the village. Yeah. And during this time, uh, while Astrid wins, Hiccup. Is off mapping, mapping, islands. yeah, just mapping islands and doing his little fly thing, uh, testing out his glider, and which is dope. Yeah, and I right. Want to do that? Well, you can. He's got a new suit. Yeah, he's got a new suit. He's got a cool knife. He's got a shiv now. Yeah, they keeps <laughs> keeps conveniently on it's his. Better than a shiv. The guy's like a master blacksmith. <laughs> I don't know. This looks like a shiv. <laughs> Um, it's sturdy. We'll it's just a say sturdy it ship. It's a sturdy yeah. ship. Um. So yeah, he's off mapping all this stuff, and you know, toothless and him, you know, getting into getting into all the good stuff, being being friends. Uh, dragon saliva does not come out, uh, which we do learn. <laughs> like it, it stains. So we have that fun thing. Um. Yeah, and that's. I mean, that's basically all that's kind of happened. So far. Yeah. So far. First part of the movie. I do first like movie. that when we first see Astrid and we see Hiccup, it's clear that they've aged them a few years. Yeah. And this movie is set five years in the future from the first movie. And I do like that they gave them a slightly aged look. I, yeah. I really appreciated that detail. So remember last episode where we were trying to think how old they were and we were like they were 12, 13? Yeah. They were 15. They were 15 in the first movie. They are 20 in the second movie. We're just movie. used to yeah, teenagers I can see that. Like yeah. looking older now. I guess, yeah. Yeah. But that's one thing I do appreciate about this movie. Instead of just like with the expectation that, okay, so it's been a couple years since this movie's been out. And so we're going to gear this movie to the same age group we did when the first movie came out. No, they were like, okay, so the people who saw this first movie and loved it, they're now five years older. 
Mm-hmm. So let's kind of maybe aim the movie at them because now they're older, which I yep. really appreciate. And it's like I respect that they did that because, I mean, the reason the first one was re- quite successful, we're now older, so why not cater to people who are older? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we kind of see a, a part where there's some smoke on the horizon. Always. And so, obviously, pick up an Astrid, like you do, go and investigate the smoke, because, you know, in a world with dragons, always investigate smoke, apparently. Um, so they go out and investigate, and they come down to this fort, and it's been blown to smithereens. And we find out that it's dragon trappers, which apparently are a thing. Not Trapper John, MD, but they are, <laughs> like, dragon trappers. And they want to get them dragons. So, and and that's actually where we get to meet after, uh, which one is it gets, ca- oh, Astrid gets captured. What is the name of her dragon? Gavin, she what is the name of her dragon? Uh, fantastic she calls it, question. She calls it something. Oh, man. Uh, what is it? Vamp, everyone. See, I, there's, well, I have to admit, one of my favorite parts of this movie is Eret. And the causing reaction of the other single lady on the Isle of Burt. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, we get to meet uh, Eret, son, son of Eret, uh, which is, uh, I don't know, one of my favorite. Stormfly. Stormfly. One of my favorite characters, like new characters in here. Like, I like Volka, Kate Blanchett's character, but at the same time, like, Eret, son of Eret, right? I mean. Bro, it's it's John Snow. Especially with how rough. You like has. them, you like them biceps, do you? Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> and they were like, "We're gonna zoom in on these biceps." They zoomed <laughs> all the way. We're in gonna on them. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna give you some vein action here. We're also gonna give you some nice little glistenings. <laughs> we're gonna give. It's we're gonna give. For, it's oh. all for red, rough nuts. Oh my gosh, all yeah. Oh my gosh. And she's like drooling over it. It's hilarious. Like, oh. And everyone is so offended. It's like, oh, me likey. I dig it so much. Kristen Wiig, by the way, phenomenal in this. A plus plus job. She, I never would have known that was Kristen right? Wiig. You, exactly. Yeah. It's one of those you're like, they just got some like really, you know, like surfer chick off the off the coast here. They like picked her up and were like, all right, you go. It's like everybody like else. Like T.J. Miller. Yeah, like, exactly. No, they they found him like behind a dumpster, like at a subway, right. um, <laughs> trying to sell weed, and they were like, T.J. Miller, and he was like, yeah. Um, but no, uh, like everybody, you can kind of hear their their character. Well, especially Jay Baruchel because he's oh, he plays J- Jay Baruchel in every movie. Um, but you you hear all of their characters, and then you hear Kristen Wiig, and you're just like. That doesn't sound anything like Kristen Wiig. And I always like it when yeah. they, like, mask one person. Right? Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Well, I love... There's a lot of reasons why I love these movies. And one of the movies is that they kind of... One of the reasons is that they keep true to a lot of, like, Viking culture in these movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to go into it because it's a little adult. But um, I read a lot, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know this about me. Ooh, hey guys, saucy. Hannah Han- reads. I read a lot. Nerd. So, like, I came across this, like, um, 
when these like she was doing like an analysis of how to train your dragon and like how Viking culture was, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even notice that, and it's so cool because it continues because Hiccup has like braids in his hair now that he's older, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, he's starting to get a little bit of the beard. I and- I love how uh, when. Uh- Astrid is trying to, you know, be like, no, you're great. I mean, you're you, you're fine. Like, she starts messing with his braid and is, like, braiding his little braid. I was like, oh, it's adorable. So cute. And when they're, like, you know, <laughs> ripping each other. Yeah. And he's trying to be his dad and be like, oh, hiccup, you know. And she's like, yeah, dad. And does the shoulders. And he's like, I don't do the shoulder thing. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's good. I love the development of just their, their yeah. relationship. I like that they uh, pepper in a lot of casual kisses in there because it's so So real and so, like, enjoyable to watch, you know? Like, so many animated films are so sterilized from even the simple peck on the cheek that it just becomes unreal. It did seem like there's a lot of times where they're, like, they're laughing and it's supposed to be, you know, they're like, oh, you're going to laugh in the theater, too. But when you watch it, it just looks like they're over laughing a lot. Oh, so it's like their version of a laugh track? Yes. So, like, okay. they're like over laughing. So, like, when they're messing with each other, they're like, ha 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 ha. And you're like, I mean, it was it was a good joke, but I mean, it wasn't like. <laughs> but for me, it's inevitable. I always laugh at I didn't catch that, that no one else laughs at. So, I mean, I probably didn't even notice it because I wasn't even thinking about like, it. Like, Kate Blanchett does it too. When she does one, like, She's like, ha, 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 like big mouth open, everything. I was just like, not still not super funny, but I mean, <laughs> it, I mean, very little criticism from Josh. Very little criticisms. Right. Like minuscule, minuscule, like adolescent dragon criticisms. Itty, itty, bitty. Itty, bitty. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they find Eret, son of Eret, and they figure out about these dragon trappers and Drago. And so Hiccup goes home. Um. And Astrid, he doesn't just leave her there. That would have been that would have been a weird part of the movie. He's like Astrid, you stay here, and then he just goes back to Burke. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> you stay here with Jon Snow. Well, because like here at the same time, it's like Stoic kind of wants to step down. As yeah. Village leader is the chief. What is it? What is what is his official title? Chief. Is it chief? Just chief. The chief of the Isle of Chieftain. Burke. And um, he wants Hiccup to take over for him. And Hiccup's just like, I've got to finish my map. And <laughs> exactly. I gotta do, it's like, I've got to do all this other stuff before I can take over for you, Dad. Sorry. You know, like you do. Like most sons. Like, like most I, I wouldn't want to take it. But like, I don't want to be in the family business, Dad. I don't want to run an island. <laughs> it's like, I want to go out and be free. I want to just get in my, you know... No, I, I, I want to get in my 94 Pinto and just drive, man. You know? El Camino. I want to get my El Camino and just go. <laughs> what is Toothless? Toothless like a... He'd be like a Volkswagen. No. Really? I no. think he'd be like a Jaguar. That's what I'm thinking. Like an Some, old Jag? Like an old classic yeah. sports car. All right. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. Because, I mean, Toothless is like the, the best of the dragons. It's yeah. like a '66 Mustang. Yeah. Like the like the. <laughs> or like a six like a '67 Charger or a '66 Mustang. So kind of like, like a... in that ballpark. That's All what right. I'm thinking when I think too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Jonah Hill's character. That's an El Camino, right? <laughs> it's like a total El Camino. <laughs> yeah, he's an El Camino, or maybe like a 
like a 1980s Trans Am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the Trans Am. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, good Lord. That's that's a whole thing. Um, but, yeah, so they go back, and uh, it turns out that uh, – so Hiccup tells his dad about uh, Drago, and his dad knows Drago because – they went. There was a there was a chieftain meeting because and... they fought in Rocky Four. <laughs> no, that that's that's Drago's son Ivan. <laughs> oh my bad. I, I know you got confused. It is a Rocky Isle of Burke. So, um, please, that's uh, the only thing that these action movies lack is a good Rocky style montage. You see, you see Hiccup like training. Right, <laughs> and then you just see Drago. See, know what's great about that? Like that Rocky Four montage, like Rocky's training and everything, and then it goes over to Drago, and he's just like steroids. Yeah, it's just like cool. <laughs> Rocky beats steroids. <laughs> Good job, steroids America. and communism. Um, the same thing, you know, kind of the same. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we find out that you know. There was this chieftain meeting, and then Drago was like, I can control the dragons. Um, he likes to yell a lot, apparently, and twirl his twirl his stick thing. That's how his main form of communication in this movie. Um, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that happens. And, yeah, ends up killing all of these chieftains except for uh, Stoic. Stoic. He makes it out conveniently because he's telling the story afterwards, um, which is very convenient. So unlike 300... He's actually he made it out of the massacre and made it out. So good job, Gerard. You did it. Um, so uh, he decides that we're going to put everybody on lockdown. No dragons or island. Anybody Burkeans can get off of the Burkeans. Seems like a weird like Star Trek thing. Um, Burkeans can't get off the island. So obviously Hiccup and Astro they run away, like you do. Well, what else does Hiccup do? Uh, his... whittles. He makes he things. Invents, yeah. But mostly he flies toothless. Yeah, he does that. <laughs> it would kind of be weird if he's just sitting at home. Um, so he goes out, uh, they go out and they go to Eret, son of Eret. And, you know, this really nice scene of he gives up. I thought that was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a, it's a nice little funny scene where like, we give up. Like, here, I'm going to throw the net on Astrid. You can take the dragons. We're good. Blah, 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 blah. So I thought that was really, really nice. It's it's a really funny scene. Um, hold on just one second. Mr. David Vincent. A ring, a ring, a ring. Hey, David. Hey, Josh. How are you, man? Good. What's up, man? Hey, I wanted to see, um, are you able to jump into a stream uh, between 7 and 8? Uh, between seven and eight, uh, yeah, I can probably do that. Uh, I'm actually recording an episode right now, so if you were gonna say like now, then I would have to turn you down. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, between seven and eight, yeah, I can hop on something. That's no problem. Great. So, um, if you can, we're at Anime Milwaukee this weekend. I'm doing a panel with uh, Aaron Sack uh, and Barbara Dunkelman from Ruby. Yep. And uh, what I'd like is um, for you to basically tap the key, and uh, I will try to bring you in as an admin, as a moderator, and bring you in so that you can ask them a question. Okay, sweet. That sounds awesome. Cool. So, yeah, just um, if you, if you, as long as you tap the key, you'll be waiting there. I should be able to manually add you in myself. 
So then um, just tap the key and then uh, just have a, a good question for Ruby for either Barbara, Aaron, or both. Okay, will do. Awesome. Thanks, man. Uh -huh, no problem. Thanks, David. Okay, bye. Bye. God, David Vince called. You're you're such a player, man. Always, you know me. You're like you're, I'm just you're plugged I'm in. hustling. That's all I do is hustle. <laughs> oh boy, um, are you able to bring an extra chair? I don't know if I'm gonna make it to D and D now. You know, if I gotta. Well, we gotta. My services have been well requested. We've got. Yeah, I got like forty minutes. All right. Um. So I like the fact that they go out and they do this whole entire thing, and I, I thought that was a really nice scene where they, you know, turn themselves in. I thought it was really, really cool. It's probably one of my favorite scenes in here, like, co like comedic-wise. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I like, I do like the way that it, it's set up, and I actually feel frustration that the gang, which you're about to tell this part next, but the gang shows up and kind of foils his original plan because I kind of wanted to see his original plan come to fruition. Right? Because, like, Astrid's on board the entire time. Yeah. And, like, yeah, she played along, which was great. Mm -hmm. It would have been a really cool, really cool scene to see. Like, But that was – but it's it just shows, like, how well these characters are executed because that's exactly what all of them would do. Yeah. They would yeah. all come back, or yeah. they would all try to They're save. They're like, we gotta save Hiccup, and we gotta save Astrid, and it's so I love like how in vain that it's like, yeah, you feel that frustration that Hiccup's plan got like foiled, but then you're kind of like, okay, everybody's doing what they do, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then yeah, everybody comes back. Uh, you know, that's where um, wonderful Roughnut meets Eret and becomes and you know infatuated. Sparkles and floating things. I do, I do love like he's like firing the nets and she's just like, take me. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's great. Uh, yeah, so they come out and you know, Hiccup obviously is like, Deuce's dad, I'm out. I'm gonna go do yeah. my my thing. Um, so he runs away. Um, and then uh, Stoic and Gobber go out to, you know, bring him home. Uh, but then we have this really cool scene, um, and visually spectacular scene, where Hiccup's flying through the clouds, and yes. then he meets this other dragon rider, and there's this part where uh, Toothless is kind of like hovering, so like standing still, using its wings, and it's beating all these clouds around, and it is a fantastic looking shot. It, mm -hmm. it looks gorgeous. <laughs> like, just yeah. like all these, you know, nice billowy everything just kind of floating around it looks so nice no i'll agree oh okay i was, I was <laughs> hoping somebody else would be like yeah i like i like clouds yep sure is cool <laughs> uh gavin take it from here putting you, on, putting you on the spot i love that scene it's it's one of my favorite scenes in the film too i agree the the cinematography there is really sweet you know he's kind of flying right above this layer of clouds and when we meet this mystery dragon rider at this point, the figure kind of just rises above the surface of those clouds and appears before Hiccup. And he kind of like looks at her or at the mystery person and is like, uh, okay. And then they just kind of sink back down into the clouds 
And then, you know, there's the confrontation. But that moment right there is so mysterious and cool. And I think it's kind of the best moment of the movie, personally, because, you know, it, it brings up so many questions. It gets you kind of excited. You have no idea where the film's going to go at that point. And you don't know if this is friend or foe. Like so many things, and I, I just think it's cool. And yeah, it was animated so beautifully. Umbalka's suit is so cool. Like I love yes. that the headdress, mm-hmm. like the helmet that she wears. Like her whole getup. Her staff. Her staff is cool. Yeah. That has well, the little like. Dragon? I mean, come on. It kind of like reminds me of Mononoke a little bit. Just a little yeah. bit because it's like really similar. Because it's like at yeah. this point. Because Hiccup was a baby when Volca disappeared, right? Yeah. So it's yes. been like 20-ish years. So right. she's probably the equivalent of Mononoke right now because she's been so far mm-hmm. separated from like normal human society that all she knows right. is probably the language of the dragons, which I find it like... How cool it is that films like Princess Mononoke still get kind of like probably pulled and used from films. Well, it's today. interesting because uh, the director, Dean Dubloy, I think is how you say his last name. Uh, he's gone on record as saying that his two major influences for this film were Empire Strikes Back and My Neighbor Totoro. So he definitely was pulling influences from Studio Ghibli when he created this. And I think her character most directly reflects that because she has a decidedly Ghibli kind of look to her. She does. Right? Yeah. I mean, if you haven't seen the movie, sorry, we're spoiling it. It's a girl behind the mask. Gasp. Come to find out. Hiccup's on Luke's mother if you haven't put the dots together. No. Well, considering, <laughs> considering like, one of the first things that Stoic talks about when, like, he and Hiccup actually have a conversation. is like, oh, your mother would be proud. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, okay. I, I get Mom's this. coming. We're going to get Mom back in this See, okay. I, you guys, you guys, your minds work different than mine because I felt that it was clearly indicated from the first film and even that conversation at the beginning of this film that mom is dead and i didn't like see that as a potential person to guess that that's who that would be okay so in the first film i got that same inclination okay mom like died in some dragon incident okay but with how the language is in the second film and kind of the the talk of her i'm like okay Mm -hmm. you don't talk about someone if you're not gonna like talk about them like in that and use that form of language if they're not gonna be back in this movie exactly as someone who uh pays a lot of attention to anime and flags um (laughs) that is definitely what they call a flag in anime yeah and see that's for me like when i write that's what you do when you write too it's like it's like the foreshadowing of something Mm -hmm. that's gonna happen eventually so um uh, I uh, I read a lot, so sometimes I ruin stories for myself when I'm like really enjoying <laughs> them, and like, oh dang it, brain! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I I'm more dumb when I watch, and I'm surprised <laughs> by everything. <laughs> no, well, uh, we went to go see Pirates of the Caribbean three. It's the very end, and I go, uh-huh. oh my gosh, 
Jack isn't going to stab the heart. He's going to use Will, and he's going to stab the heart for Will, and Will's going to become the next Dutchman. And and I was breaking it all down, and my friend goes, so shut up, you're not right. And then it happens, and she goes, I hate you so <laughs> much. And I go, ah. See, it, it wasn't me because I didn't see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that midnight release because that's the kind of nerd I am. Yeah, no. I was really hoping that was going to be a good movie. You didn't and like that one? It wasn't. <laughs> oh, I like I liked that one. The liked fourth one was better. Oh, the fourth was. one was better. The, the yeah. first one was good. The first one was good. The fourth one was like Elizabeth. better than the second and the third one. As the side it, it was it was the Rocky Balboa of the franchise. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Very much mm-hmm. so. We're just gonna keep going back to Rocky this whole time <laughs> because it's, it's the greatest something. movie franchise of all. So uh, yeah, sorry, can't be denied. It is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. Expendables, part, Expendables. Josh. I forgot what? about that scene where they fly in the face of dragons. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is what happens when uh, when when one Hannah does not, you know, watch the movie. <laughs> because work has been diabolical, and so I was not. I didn't diabolical. Have a ch- yeah, I didn't have a chance to do a rewatch, but um, does not diminish my love for this movie one whit. So. Um, there are parts I don't remember the best, but then there are other parts. Because, you know, I, I mention all the time, this movie is so saturated in color, especially when it goes to, like, where she takes Hiccup or, like, mm-hmm. when Hiccup wakes to up. To the sanctuary. Yeah, and he's surrounded by all the dragons. And I've got I've got a thing about nature, too. So it's like, I can you totally see the Ghibli yeah. influence in that scene I, the sanctuary. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, so like when he wakes up and it's so saturated in those er- beautiful earth tones, I'm like, yes, this is my kind of movie right here. Well, I've got a huge appreciation for that idea in both of the first two films because they didn't go with your typical, like, you know, dragon look, you know, where no. all of the dragons are going to be dark grays or dark greens maybe some stripes you know or something like you know really menacing looking they they went with creative every one of them had different abilities they had different color patterns lots of bright bold colors like i just liked that there was a huge element of creativity when it came to the dragon designs and for me in animation why not? Why not go for that? You know, when you dumb it down to what would be completely expected, it's not interesting to me. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. And when we see that sanctuary, of course, it's like this little paradise oasis amidst the icy, you know, terrible land that Burke is in. Yeah. It's this beautiful realm within a ice dome. It's, it's a cool little environment. I loved that they did that. Yeah, it's nice, and the backgrounds and all of like the scenery in this, it's fantastic. Top like notch. it's mm-hmm. so good, so good, and yeah. it gets better. Well, it's like um, Christina Cowell wrote the book series, mm-hmm. and um, I love that these animators took her world because she had like someone had illustrated like really rough, runey kind of looks of the dragons that she had created. Mm-hmm. And then seeing them in this show, it's just beautiful because they do such a great job of translating it from the book into the movie. Because sometimes that doesn't work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
but it did here. It I've, I've not did. seen. I've not seen those dragons. Um, I, I need to look like, them up. I have They're read kind... novels, but mm-hmm. I have seen like the sketches or like the illustrations from the novel. Nice. Aren't yeah. aren't they kind of like the sketches that you see in the end credits? Yes. Oh, yeah. really? Because those are like all. Or at least in the second one, it's all Here, like me, landscape shots, Here, and see. it all looks. It's so nice. Like they're so good. Like all of these landscape shot, uh, landscape shots are beautiful. Like I would, they're art. Like I would love to have one of them hanging up. <laughs> yeah, but after the main like names go by, when it's just the scrolling credits, they just show a ton of like actual like sketches where it's just like a line drawing on paper. The first one maybe, but I don't. I like uh, they didn't really do that. Uh, maybe in the that second is the one. first one. Yeah, because I, I I watched the I watched them back to back. Yeah, the yeah. last two days, so I they're blurring together. That makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, and it would that would make sense more for the first movie because mm-hmm. you know they're the only way that they have these like the drawings and everything. Yeah, with yeah. Uh, fish legs is uh, you know Bolo's guide to monsters. That's how they look. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, so yeah, so we have this and. Uh, Stoic and Gobber come back and they they find Hiccup and then oh no what do you know we meet Mom again mm-hmm. and, and then we deserve, we break into song we break into song and, and the song is very reminiscent of that Heidi Lai song from the Prince of Egypt yeah I can kind yeah, of see that you know, I didn't kinda, really it's, equate it's the very, two like it's very yeah. kind of like this. Uh, very rustic type of song that would be sung yeah. like at you know like parties and gatherings it's like a folk and song stuff like that. very yeah. much like a folk song mm-hmm. um so yeah i i got a, i got a little like a little little warm fuzzies in my heart and i was like oh prince of egypt it's actually in that scene <laughs> that i foresaw what happened to stoic oh yeah he was not gonna make it yeah that he was gonna be the big casualty of this movie like in that moment i was like all right this is like the trading of parenting oh my god over i don't know how um, how you think that way like i cannot well because gavin man the flags were there the flags were definitely there when they're like let's go home like will we be together when we go home and you're like yeah that's 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 the language you use when you know a death is kind of being foreshadowed in a scene and I'm like, okay, so I didn't want it to be stoic, but I had a you feeling had a it feeling. was going to be stoic. See, Gavin, it's kind of the same. So instance. you don't, but but you don't feel like it's a 33% chance if you pick any one of those three. You felt like it clearly was indicating stoic. Absolutely. Because when when yeah, your character crazy. basically goes and it's like, oh yeah, I've got a uh, like say it's a, say it's a movie and they're like, ah uh, yeah, my wife's pregnant. I'm going to meet my daughter back home. That character's gonna die. Yep. Uh, when somebody's like, "I'll see you when we get home," or it's like, "You're like, gonna be dead." Yeah, it's like you're not gonna make it. <laughs> that's just the way those go. Yeah. The, that's the way the death flags start flying. Yeah. And, <laughs> or and or sh- or hey, I'm on the away team. Let me put on my red shirt. No. See, that's not really a command. <laughs> yeah, it depends on what we're talking about. Yeah, which, which Star Trek? Because OG Star Trek. That's fair. Command. It, yeah, it that's was fair. mainly yeah. <laughs> A lot of blue shirts die, yeah. especially the first couple episodes, because like there's just like those yeah. generic were, blue yeah. like scrubs see, that people wear. Yeah, yeah. And we started differentiating between like who was what. Yeah, because they were able to get a budget. <laughs> a little bit. They actually showed. Oh, this show's gonna be successful. Now, um, for me, at, 
a lot of stuff with like Bulka actually like made me upset that now it's like all of a sudden okay like she's abandoned her son yeah I agree yeah. she's an upsetting character to me yeah, she like is an she upsetting is character that's why I like Eric son of Eric better <laughs> Because <laughs> it's like I, I like I love Kate Blanchett. I think she does even a fantastic job as the character. I think Volka's character design is fantastic. I love, but the execution of that character for me was upsetting. I'm not going to say disappointing. I'm just going to say upsetting because that's what it was for me. Because it's like you've been gone and now you want back into your son's life. And then the writers were like, okay, so then we're going to take the only stable parent this child person has had yeah. and, and give the flight risk back to this child. Okay, this is great. Yeah. This is great writing. You know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's too easy. Like, I don't yeah. believe that Hiccup is going to be that accepting that fast. Yeah. You know, it's the, it's the core problem that I had with the story of Frozen. Yeah. I didn't believe that Anna having been given the cold shoulder and absolutely shunned with a capital S by her sister for her entire upbringing, all of a sudden is going to throw everything she has into saving her sister, you know, like with no moment to reconnect, like instantly is ready to do that. I just don't, I don't buy that. And so, yeah, this, this suffers from that a little bit too. It seemed a little too easy that, now, it's a little different because Hiccup has always felt like an outsider, and he definitely has an immediate connection with her because of the things that they're interested in, right? Yes, yeah, similar. So philosophy. it's a little different, but yeah. I, it's like her, the same vein, her, so it's like a story trope yeah. I do not enjoy. Mm-hmm. Right. Her character upsets me, but to be fair, Stoic upsets me a little too because yes. – Jeez Louise, the guy just will not ever listen to Hiccup. You know, Hiccup cannot get an a word through his father's ear holes to save his life. And then his mom comes back and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then he's, he becomes like this <laughs> diff, completely different character. Can I, right. can I go social justice where you're for a second? No. Do because it. It's like if you look at Stoic, he's like the perfect representation of toxic masculinity. Like, right. In my life, to- uh, Stoic is like pretty much like my dad, where he is like, I'm a man's man, and all my sons are going to be a man's man. And I'm like, oh, okay. And uh, it's like no softness. You know, it's like emotions are for behind the doors where no one can see them. And that's how like Stoic kind of starts out in the first film. And there's progression for him. But I think sure. it's like Volca comes back. It's like he, yeah, it's like what you just said, Josh. He becomes like this completely different character. Yeah. And um, which is, I guess, typical for that world of toxic masculinity. Once the female's back in the picture, I'm a different person. I'm a better person. Yeah, sure. You know, and then Hiccup is like what, like good masculinity. Good masculinity. Good masculinity. Yeah. He's a great representation of that. It's like where he, he's still masculine. slight of build. Yeah, he's like well, he's still masculine, but he, it's okay to be interested in things that might not be yeah. societal norms. Yeah, you know, and like what expectations are placed on you that he can still fulfill those, but maybe in a different way. Yeah. That's what I like about like the characters in these movies too. Yeah. 
Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, yeah, and so then we find out that uh, Drago has, because our wonderful friends have been super smart, they're like, Where, let's go find, like, there's, everybody's taking too long, let's go find our friends. So Astrid and the gang, and then Astrid tries to pull this, this like, uh-uh, well, he's the real Dragon Master, and he's better than you, and yeah, we're like so cool. And then he's like, "All right, we'll go kill him." And they're like, "Oh shoot, didn't think about that plan. Mm, <laughs> should have mm, should have thought that this this killer man may want to kill the person that we just talked up." Yeah. Um, so yeah, and that's what happens. So Drago comes and he finds the island and he decides that he's going to attack. And so then obviously we have these dragons. We have this really cool dragon attack. Well, and he's kind fighting of like all a these baddies. Dragon whisperer. Or like yeah. the alpha for like he's, the alpha dragon. He's you know? like Crocodile Dundee. Totally. Because like he can put his little fingers and do that little <laughs> thing and like be able to control all the animals. And that's what he does with the dragons. And that Except he like waves his thing up and goes, ah, ah, and just screams. That's how he communicates. In this, he just like hurls his staff in the air above his head and yells. Well, him doing that thing leads to the tragic falling of a character. Well, yeah, we have an alpha fighting, like, another alpha of these yeah. dragons. And, by the way, a brutal death for our friend alpha who gets, like, gored in the stomach. Yeah. But, as no I blood. mentioned before, no blood on those horns. Because it's dragon blood. It's dragon invisible. blood is in yeah, 100% transparent? Yep. Okay, got that, it. Or that's... instantly evaporates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It cauterizes as it goes in, so they yeah, come out clean. That, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> Dra- dragons are like lightsabers. <laughs> like a z- um. Wound is instantly sealed, but it's fatal. Yeah, you know, that makes yeah. sense. There you go. Makes sense. Um, so that happens, and unfortunately, since this is the new alpha, it can control all of the dragons, and that's what happens. All the dragons get controlled, even young Toothless. Toothless! I no. cried. little toothless. I cried. This thing. <laughs> Who just got his little puberty back fins? Yep, yeah. his puberty back fins. <laughs> I cried during this scene, but I would probably have. To I want say a shirt that says character. "puberty back fins" now. <laughs> that goes straight down the back. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta his... admit, I, I, I felt a, a little uncomfortable when she pushes a little button and pops out his fins, like. I don't know. It seemed a little gross to me. <laughs> well, it's he like Toothless is more of a cat this this movie than he was the entire first movie. So the, yeah, like he's That's such a cat. That's pretty true. But I still love it. Yeah, he's a cat playing yeah. with an owl. I love it. The so entire much. movie. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's it's really really cool. It's it's weird. Like like the only uh, like one of the only. Oh no! I guess he does. I guess the owl does get taken over. The yeah. owl dragon. But not at do. first, not at first though, because well, like she's still like you know I riding like, and everything I like think that. Like toothless is the last standing dragon against the influence, and then of course when he finally folds underneath the influence of the alpha dragon, stoic gets ganked. And he's advancing on hiccup, advancing on hiccup, gonna gonna nom himself some hiccup. Yeah, and he takes out dear old dad yep, instead. Does a fire, and then there's that scene where like. Toothless is just standing there with his mouth open and all this smoke is coming out of his mouth and you're like, oh dang, 
That was like Smoking a real gun. shot. That was not yeah. a that was not a fake shot. That was See, a real. <laughs> leading up to that moment, though, I think is one of the best pieces of animation in this film, and that's that whole sprint that Stoic does from the yeah. mountainside down to his son's side. You know, mm-hmm. that action sequence of him bounding down that mountain and cutting that rope, racing the across, across that yeah. beam. Yeah, like it is so freaking good. And you just feel that tension. And is he going to make it? Is he not going to make it? What's going to happen? They they timed that and filmed that so well. Mm-hmm. I love it. I, I think it's one of the best moments of the film. Yeah. And it's a really good it's a really good running scene. Um, because we can, you know, look now in 2019 and see a running scene in Frozen 2 <laughs> on that beach, and you're just like, no, no. yeah, it's Good like, try. Uh, yeah, because so much of like in this movie, like actions, like actually, like really hold weight. Like the physics that they do in this movie are like very convincing. Mm-hmm. When they do something, you can feel like there's an effort to put into that and they're not just like swinging something like no when drago swings his staff it's like a full body movement yeah and it's like okay i believe that that character on the screen is actually like really like swinging a very hefty weighty staff yeah mm-hmm. and i love like the physics that they put into this film it makes it more real yeah and the, everything in this like makes everything look real yeah people grunt people run uh people People slip, everything like that. And yeah. Everything looks real in Listening this. Listening muscles. Listening muscles look real. <laughs> um, like pores from people's face, hair, scales. Oh, toothless. Toothless is. Toothless. And they like they like up hiccups hair. This this mm. this no, movie, this, and you're just like this Oof. born the meme of okay, we were long bottomed. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Matt Lewis from when he was sweet a little Neville Longbottom to like now, and then they were like sweet a little hiccup to now. Now he's got a beard. Now he's got a beard. <laughs> looks like funny. John Krasinski. Totally does look like John Krasinski. <laughs> That's um, true. Yeah, so it, we go through this, and unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, Stoic is killed. Tragic, tragic. Every moment. everybody is sad, um, and. Drago doesn't care. He's just like, eh, you know, YOLO. I, I got one of them. I killed the boy, but I killed someone else. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah, Toothless. I'm so tired. He's, he, he done got killed. Um, <laughs> Toothless comes out of his little, uh, you know, craziness and goes to try and be like, hey, what's I'm, what's going on? Why is everybody sad? And Hiccup kind of loses it in a state does, of grief. He does like that flinch. Mm-hmm. And you're like, it's like, oh, the wound. My boys are not okay right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then Drago mounts. Uh, that's a weird way to say that. Uh, Dra- Drago. No, that's the appropriate term. That is the terminology. Yeah, but you know, but I'm also thinking Game of Thrones because of Kit Harrington. Um... And yeah, mounting means two different things. <laughs> um, so yeah, so he mounts Toothless and you know rides off uh, towards Burke, and our fun friends have to uh, go on and get in the. Uh, get these little baby dragons and fly off and go rescue Burke. Fish legs on a baby dragon, is, too. Yeah. That might be my favorite scene, mm-hmm. is watching fish legs on a little baby dragon. <laughs> I love that. And then we, they make it out, and we get to, we get to the, another nice fight. 
semi-fight, really. It's it's mainly between Hiccup and Drago. Basically, yeah, power of wills over the two, over each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then once that happens, like Hiccup and uh, he's able to get Toothless back, which is really nice. Boys are it's back very together. very sad. Yeah, it's like you you know you wanted Thin Lizzy to start playing. And, you know, little boys are back in town. Um, <laughs> why was that in? Was that in there? They should have done that. No, they should have done that. Ah, oh, they should have. That would have been cool. Missed no, opportunity. Should not have done that. Missed no, opportunity. I'm glad yeah, they didn't. That would have been too jarring because that would have been totally left field music choice. Uh, I mean, it worked in a Night's Tale. But that's a Night's Tale, <laughs> and they hadn't done anything like that yet in a How to Train Your Dragon movie. Yet. <laughs> um, wait till the third one. <laughs> It's uh yeah, it's uh Killer Queen. It's weird. It's a weird. It's a weird. Continue <laughs> on with your. All right, one. yeah. So they fight, um, <laughs> and yes, and you know, I don't really know what happens because we have this part with Toothless, and he becomes the new Alpha because he's like pew 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 fighting the uh the current Alpha, Big Dragon Boy. Yeah. We'll call him Big Boy. So he starts fighting Big Boy and is peppering him, and then all the other dragons kind of go over to Toothless. And then they start peppering Big Boy, and then Big Boy loses a uh, loses a tusk, and it's like I don't want to play. You guys are mean, and then like goes into the water, and then I think uh, Drago drowns. There's maybe um, yeah, I think so. Like for me, that scene actually made a whole lot of sense because um, I read a lot, and nerd. <laughs> and one of the common um, themes about like asserting dominance is protection. Because mm-hmm. Hiccup is, and Toothless are not doing this for, like, power. They're doing this to save everyone. They're doing it for money. <laughs> Wrong character. Oh, okay. That's Eret. <laughs> Son of Eret. <laughs> so it's like uh, when, uh, like, the more dominant an alpha is, it's more like how strong their protective instincts are. And through Hiccup and Toothless's connection... It's like toothless naturally, yes, then would become because they do all of these things to improve life for the Isle of Burt, for the humans and the dragons alike. And it's like they see an injustice, they have to fix it. So naturally, yes, for me, it made sense that toothless would then win out on this fight because he's not there for the power. He's there for to protect everyone. Gotcha. Yeah. That's good. And obviously, happy ending at the end. Hiccup is crowned. New new chieftain. Stoic's not there. Well, you know, but he gets sweet. It's a bittersweet ending. But they Naruto him and give him a nice, cool, uh, you know, statue, just like the Hokages. Gavin didn't. Or like Prince of Egypt, which you mentioned before. Oh yeah, yeah. That makes that makes sense. Yes. Uh, speaking of doing it for the money, I feel like since this movie they designed it to look like it was set in Norway. And uh, that also is the case for Frozen. And Frozen is related in many ways to the movie Tangled. I feel like Eret, son of Eret, at some point had to have pulled a job with Flynn Rider. I just feel like they they had to have pulled a job at some point together. There's all the crossovers with Tangled. They remind me hey, each other Gavin, so Gavin, much. Check your, your Gavin, check your phone. I sent yeah, you, I saw that. Yeah, with... Uh, Astrid and Hiccup as Rapunzel uh-huh. and Flynn. Yeah, yeah, I could <laughs> well, see that movie. And that dude's cosplay is dope. Well, it's yeah, it's ridiculous. Like a super common like theme in fandom world to have Hiccup, Rapunzel, Jack from Rise of the Guardians. Yeah, 
and uh, Merida running around together as like a squad. Really? Yes. That's interesting. It's a pretty common theme that I run across a whole lot. Hmm. And then, um, then Frozen Because she reads because she's a nerd. I read a lot. Nerd. This this whole episode is about Hannah flexing about how much exactly. she reads. Exactly. She's, she's just like, hey, guys, my name's Hannah. I read. I, I, I read. read a lot. I read more than you. I, uh, I know people who read more than me, but I do read a lot. Like when Brag I, about it. When I have downtime, that's what I do. They're, they're book reviewers, and they have to. Yeah. <laughs> Next, next, she's going to brag about working at a bookstore. You know what's great? All of us have worked at a bookstore. That's right. We uh, this is, this uh, is the yeah. book podcast. <laughs> oh, next time we'll just do a book podcast. We'll just talk about books. Uh, yeah, let's do it. You don't want that one. That'd be five hours long. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> That'd be the marathon. The marathon. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, uh, so kind of as we wrap up here, uh, we're not going to do that for the third one because that was really too long of, you know, going through like scene by scene what was going on. My goodness, yeah. that we won't do that again. <laughs> um, we, tried, we didn't really do it for the first one. And I know you well, we, we, to do we it. We kind of did it a little yeah, you bit. Gave but we gave the synopsis. A, we skipped a lot. The outline. We, we like we hit the major points. Yeah. And this one, one, we kind of went we, over We everything. went too long. But that's okay. But, you know. It's a movie we love. The story's a little more complicated in this one. Yeah. Even though you guys felt like it was more predictable, it was more intricate. There was a lot more things going on. And I'm not going to say, like, the whole thing was predictable. Like, the whole stuff with, like, Eret was really fun. Son of Eret. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the major plot points <laughs> for me were really predictable. But it's also a kid's movie at the same time. And that's totally okay with me. I'm not mm-hmm. upset that it's predictable. By far and away, no, not at all. It's still one of those movies that, you know, it's like I can guess what's going to happen, but I'm not upset by the fact that I might have, like, ruined it for myself. I'm still like, ooh, yeah, yeah. show me the pretty. <laughs> um, so what did you guys think of the animation? I know we, we, we've briefly touched on it, but to me it's fantastic. It's gorgeous. It's like the first one looks beautiful, but this one is just, like, it's, so, it takes it to the next yeah, level. Yeah, it's like the next level in this, like yeah. the colors, how they move. I mentioned like the physics of how they move. For me, I just loved it. And like the character designs only got better as they got older. I loved everything about mm-hmm. this movie. Grabby? Yeah, so the thing that we've talked about many times on this show is when it comes to CG animation, it becomes dated so much quicker than 2D animation. Yeah. In many ways, 2D animation almost never ages, but CG does. And, you know, this franchise suffers from that a little bit. The original film definitely doesn't look as good as the second film. And interestingly enough, DreamWorks went through an entire um, upgrade of their animation production flow and... Um, upgraded all of their equipment, all of their animation software between these two films. So they were using a completely new lighting system, texture system, everything when they animated this film. So all of that to me shows, you know, all of the beautiful, luscious scenes and the characters with the intricate detail, the stubble on the faces and the freckles and scars and things like that really shined in this movie. And I totally appreciate that. And then cinematically, it was just all framed so well. I feel like the action was choreographed beautifully. All the characters moved a little more naturally than they did in the first film. You know, Hiccup, you know, seems a little like a 
marionette puppet sometimes in that first film. He, he doesn't kind of feel weighted to the ground like a human would be. And in the second film, that's not a problem. You know, they really kind of got those physics figured out for all these characters. And then, of course, the flying of the dragons is another physics problem for any time you're animating something in flight. And this movie is up there amongst the best in representing flight. You know, I think of the um, Legend of the Guardians, the Guardians of the Gahul movie, uh, which had also all of owls. the owls, which <laughs> that is, for me, the very best example of animated flight. I freaking love that movie. But this is right up there with it. It's close. And I think that especially where um, Hiccup and Toothless are concerned, when they're doing their flying scenes and he's got his little flying squirrel outfit going and they're doing their thing in the clouds. I love it. So animation wise, this is one of the best. I, I think it stands up against anything that any studio had done up to that point easily. Agreed. Definitely agreed. Um, music wise, I mean, really, I mean, it, it doesn't, nothing really like gets St- sticks out it, exactly yeah, it's very thematic and fits with like the world that they've built like yeah. super well though i like that it's just a score and that yeah. it's a really epic and powerful score it's got some really good themes to it that just kind of keep the story moving along and i i think it's totally appropriate you know that i mentioned the guardians of gahul movie a minute ago and the one thing that just catapults me out of the movie is that in the middle they have that freaking pop song um, by Owl City, of course. Oh, convenient. Yeah. Right in the middle of the movie. And it's like, ugh, why do we have to do this? Yeah. But in in How to Train Your Dragon, there's a couple moments where they could have done that. They could have plugged in a pop single, but they didn't. They stayed true to the Braveheart kind of nature of it and stayed epic. And I like that. I think the music's really good. Yeah, until the third one when they do put Killer Queen in there, which, again, is yeah. weird. It's... Well, but now you've prepared us for that, yeah, so, so we'll be ready yeah, for just, it. Just be prepared, um, like the Lion <laughs> King song. Um, dork. Speaking of great musicals, you know, Lion King. Anyway, oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I really liked it. Um, Hannah liked it. Of course. Gavin liked it. Yeah. Give then, me well-developed characters with dragons any day, and I'm down. Then let's review. Hannah, what you got? I'm going to probably give it, because I still love it, but because of some of the problems I had with a couple of the characters, I'd probably get four moon ones. Four moon ones? Grabby? Uh, for me, I'm going to just go ahead and give this five Jiminy Crickets. See, I remember back in the day when Gavin used to be on this podcast. He was very selective <laughs> about his fives. He was like, I'm only giving a five out to the best thing ever. And now, and now he's over here ever. like, oh, you know, I'll give it a five. You know, <laughs> against my better judgment, I'm going to give it a five type of thing. Now he's no. just like throwing fives out like they're going out of style. That's not true. I respect him going five on this. Yeah, I feel like this is... I mean, it's absolutely one of my favorite animated franchises. Yeah. And I I am a little less selective in that originally there was only like three movies ever that I was going to give a five to. But I feel like this one deserves a five. I, I have so little criticism of it. 
And we didn't even talk about Drago that much, but I think as a villain, his character design was fan freaking tastic. Yeah. His face and his like crooked mouth, it was amazing. Oh, I forgot. There, there. Sorry, there was to interrupt. Kind of going off of Drago when uh, Snotlout's uh, dragon like fires the like shoots fire at him, and he does his uh, uh-huh. you know cloak thing, and the fire like the dragon breath is like coming off his breath and everything like that. And it's mm-hmm. like pulling into like magma. It's yep. a good scene too. It's a good scene. Yeah, it's it looks so really good. good. This movie, so good. I agree. Um, so anyway, I, I, to me, this, I give this a five because it's amazing. There are very few movies that have come out in the last six to ten years that stand up to this. Uh, it's it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to have to uh, give this a five Dipper Pines as well. Um, <laughs> it's like. There, there are parts like I do agree with Hannah. There are parts where I'm just like, mm, I'm, I'm not sure about this, like these character. Yeah, like it just like gets the way these down, work. Since I don't do like points, it's still like a really strong. See, form. like cool people, we don't do points, Gavin. Because I'd probably give it like a four point seven five or something like that. You know, a really strong four. But I mean, Gavin's on here. If you want to give it a four point seven five, yeah, yeah, yeah. Four. I like you, being accurate. 4. 7.5 for Gavin. There you go. I like it. But it's I like, like it. um, yeah, it's just got a few things. But overall, it's still such a beautiful, good story and movie. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, just so many good things about this. Film. Yeah. Like, my criticisms are overshadowed oh, by by the greatness of the movie. Yes. So yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm right there. I'm just like, yeah, no, it's, it's good. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, this I agree. This is one of those movies that, like, I need to watch a movie with my... It's like, well, how do you feel about dragons? Everybody <laughs> oh, should like dragons. With, with young nephew? Yeah, with there young you nephew, go. I go... No, he's too far into, like, Zelda to go anywhere well, else. You, well, you know what's so. convenient? <laughs> um, it's still that same, like, aesthetic, it almost. It pretty much is, yeah. Like, so you can be like, look, this guy talks, unlike Link, who Jake's just goes... Totally fine with that. I know, <laughs> but still... <laughs> he, he's gonna get more than yep and oh, that's Makes basically him all he gets. Easier to cosplay for a six-year-old. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, no, but think of if you got him in like really dope like hiccup armor, he'd be he'd be killer looking. Yeah. he'd be super With, cool. And again, that's another thing I love about this movie is that our main character is disabled, and and he still goes out and he saves everyone and he's like the hero. I like when you he's know? explaining that to his mom. He's like, yeah, I shot him down, and I took his tail thing, and then, oh, but he got me back. You know, <laughs> the little rascal. You know, it's, it's super cute. Where it's like, that doesn't great. define Hiccup. No. It's like who he is. It's just like, it's an, it, it, I just don't have a foot. Exactly. It's like, yeah, you know, it never got him down. Uh, speaking of never getting you down, this episode is uh, brought to you by Funimation. Our good friends over at Funimation are giving all ASP listeners two free weeks of anime. That's two free weeks of anime. That's ridiculous. If you do that right, you can binge like five shows. Yes, if you're if Just you're like playing plan your cards your days right, yeah. Off correctly. <laughs> Take all your vacation. All the mm-hmm. shows. And yep. you know what you can do while you're doing this? So you can watch like all kinds of really cool anime, like My Hero Academia, Space Dandy, Cowboy Bebop, Shamurai Shampoo. You can also go watch a little bit of uh, Fruits Basket. Now streaming on Funimation. Pluggy plug. 
pluggy plug, and then get ready for our fruits basket episode later on this uh, later on in March, mm-hmm. as we get nice. ready for the new season mm-hmm. or new reboot, Your show. reboot season, Just show. the new show, the new show, the new fruits basket. Um, <laughs> so again, so Gavin, I know you know you're kind of like on the fence with some anime, but uh-huh. here we're gonna give you these two free weeks so that you can actually go and you can watch yourself some anime. I and like then free. after that, it's only five ninety nine per month. So yeah, you get your two free weeks, and then five ninety nine, which is cheaper than Crunchyroll, like cheaper than, than basically everything. Yeah, and mm-hmm. what's even better, no ads. You get that free, no ads. Beautiful. It's fantastic. Um, and all our listeners have to do is just click on the link in the show notes, and it will take you right there, so you can get your free anime. So Funimation and the ASP, you should be watching. I don't know. What <laughs> I think it still is. You should be watching. I always think of the surround sound system. Yeah. Oh, around. You, you. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the best. Oh, man. If we could. If If only only you could change that from like left to right channel. Right? Yeah. While she does that. (laughs) That would have been cool. Oh, man. So it it goes. Around. You. Yeah. Nerds. Oh, man. Uh, Gavin, it was fun. Thanks for coming yeah, on again. Hannah, of it was course. also fun. Thanks of for coming course. on again. Any chance to talk about my boys? Oh, speaking of the boys, it's time Hannah and Josh are on an episode. It's time for the K-pop corner. Okay, so <laughs> I knew this was coming K-pop eventually. The K-pop corner. I'm not going to subject. But EXO. EXO, EXO. Always. EXO, EXO. I can't help myself. I'm trying not to... So uh, I changed my uh, on my uh, my Alexa. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm leaving your phone ringing in there when it's playing Kaching. I changed my I changed my uh, thing on my Alexa to uh, Shine by Pentagon. Of course you did. So I wake up and it's like it's this piano, and you're just like ah. Good morning. And then you get that Nokia. Mmm. So good. Oh, so Gavin, where can everybody find you? That was the K-pop corner. Thanks okay. for thanks for stopping by. <laughs> Our little step in uh, and step out. Uh, that was a good K-pop corner. Uh, everybody can find me on Instagram at Gavin Audison Art. You can find me co-hosting the Podcateers podcast at Podcateers on all of the things. You know what's great about the Podcateers? We've had their co-host on, but they've never had any of us on, which is kind of mean. Just saying, just we should saying. have you on, man. Uh, no, when I don't you come like out, <laughs> when you come out um, during the expo and you um, get to experience the parks again, uh, we'll have you on to talk about your experience in the parks. But nothing in the parks changes. Like, what has changed in the Disneyland uh, in the Disneyland parks since I was last there? A little, a little something called Star Wars Land, my friend. Makes a good point. But is it good Star Wars Land? <laughs> I, like, we don't know yet. Is it episode we won't know one? In, we won't know until June. Oh. As long as there's pod racing. First thing I want to do, first thing I want to do, like, for, if they don't have a pod <laughs> racing ride, that's a missed well, opportunity. Like there's not. Studios there's not. doesn't have anything for How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah. They do in Dubai. You've seen the DreamWorks Park that they built in Dubai? No. They have a How to Train Your Dragon ride. So now we have to go to Dubai. Dubai. It's a suspended track. It's actually, it's not good. You can do ride-through videos oh. on YouTube. It's not good. It's not. It, it, it's in not concept, yeah, it's amazing. 
in yeah. concept it's amazing but it's not on the level of like disney or universal studios yeah because it's like when you go to universal they have like the shrek 4d experience and then you have mm-hmm. the minion experience and you're like okay i want to ride a dragon <laughs> yeah go to um pandora world of avatar and ride a banshee instead i'll get right on that come with me gavin <laughs> we'll go to okay. disney world i'm down instead of the land Yep. All right, Hannah, where can everybody find you? You guys can always find me on Twitter and Instagram at ASillyRed. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Animation Station Podcast. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, I know Instagram. it's been a while, but I'm going to make you do Instagram it. Instagram at Animation Station I just Podcast. I said Instagram at Animation Station Podcast. Oh, I thought podcast. you said Facebook. No, Instagram. You can find us okay. on Instagram at Animation Station Podcast. Facebook, Animation Station Podcast. Tumblr, Animation Station Podcast. Twitter, at Animate Podcast. And on our website, AnimationStationPodcast.com. Yep. Hey. And you can find all of our episodes on iTunes. And Stitcher. Google Play. And Podbean. Nice. There we go. Basically, anywhere that you can download a podcast, (laughs) we are there. Uh, We also have our Unlocked streams every Wednesday night on Unlocked. Um, so check those out absolutely free download those come say hi chat with us chat with us live sometimes Hannah's here Gavin's never here but sometimes Hannah's here sometimes <laughs> you know what's working. you know what I will be in I will be in uh, when I'm there I'm getting in on a Wednesday so that is a Wednesday night unlocked stream hey. Gavin you may be <gasps> on an unlocked stream <laughs> Ooh, awesome. sounds go. fun there you go all right, so it was fun. Thanks, thanks for coming mm-hmm. on, Gavin. Um, uh, we'll see you back. Thanks in for six having years. me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for the Animation Station podcast, I'm Josh. I'm Hannah. I'm Gavin. Bye, bye, little butterfly. Show you off. Made you look. <laughs>